Hello everyone, welcome to Lessons Learned with Farah. I'm Farah, a 15-year-old student, and you're watching or listening to Lessons Learned with Farah, a podcast where I interview the most inspiring, the most experienced to give you the big life lessons and the tips they've learned throughout their journey to help you with your future. At the end of each episode, you'll have one or more big life lessons from the best. Today, I'll be interviewing Shank. He's the founder of Mind Map Nation. He's also a YouTuber and a writer and used to work at Google and other big companies. His social media will be all in the description below. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Hi, Sheng. How are you? Good morning, Farah. I'm great. Thank you for having me on here. Of course. It's an honor. Um, so first of all, I'll be starting with like your more educational background. Mm-hmm. So um, you have a very impressive one and you used to study at UC Berkeley. So I wanted to ask, how did uh, your experience at UC Berkeley prepare you for all of this career success? Yeah, you know, uh, Berkeley was definitely a stepping stone in a lot of ways, right? I feel like uh, a college like Berkeley definitely prepares you in uh, in the fact that, for example, the the people that you're surrounded by with, your classmates and everything, I think that's when in the American system, at least, you know, you enter college when you're 18, right? You're barely an adult. That's just the age kind of, that's just a number in a lot of ways. So being exposed to just like, you know, people from around the world, from around the, the country, I think that particular part is very, very important as a formation of like just a person in general. Uh, on top of that, I would say the experimentation of the different classes, because when you enter into college, you have a hypothesis of what you want to do in life, right? But at the same time, you're you're truly now able to choose for yourself what kind of road that you want to take. And then for me, I actually went through major, uh, multiple major switches. So I actually entered into Berkeley with a major on molecular cellular biology with an emphasis on immunology which now during COVID and stuff, it's kind of crazy. Uh, But uh, very soon I realized that I actually enjoyed more working with people rather than Petri dishes. Uh, No offense to any scientists. I think it's extremely important. It's just a different preference, right? Very, very different, like, you know, mode of mind and different uh, skills. So I actually switched over to uh, business around like the sophomore year timeframe. And then I, then I took on a second degree called legal studies. So legal studies is a very different major than business. So business is very tactical, whereas legal studies isn't the study of law or the code. It's actually the study of why law exists. It's a philosophy major at the end of the day. So what that means is I had a tactical kind of degree like business administration where you learn like finance, accounting, marketing, strategy. And then you also have a philosophy major that kind of balances off the uh, the tactical. So it was a really good uh, mix that gave me diff- two different mindsets going to the workplace. Oh, that's very interesting because we all think we know what we want to do, but we end up changing completely. Absolutely, it changes so much. <laughs> <laughs> um. So after you studied at UC Berkeley and you graduated, how did you land your first job? Yeah, so I landed my first job actually coming out of college. Uh, however, during college, it was, um, so I have to back up a little bit. Ever since high school, I've been involved in like a, a million extracurriculars, right? Like, so a lot of class uh, clubs and everything else. So I engage in a lot of leadership activities in particular. 
And I think that was probably the, my early indication that I, you know, I should have, I should go to something that is more like business administration. Um, however, in Berkeley, I joined what's called Berkeley Consulting. And it's Berkeley's uh, top consulting organization, where basically as college students, you consult for Fortune 100 companies, right? And the entire club is just funded by consulting fees, which is amazing. Um, in that respect, you know, you really get to a hands-on professional experience from, from the beginning. So it was relatively, um, I would say it's relatively easy for me to like transition into consulting after college. But at the same time, I graduated um, right when the financial crisis was really starting to pick up. So as the as a business school during that time, you know, it was almost like crisis mode, like the, the business world was imploding. So I remember Haas Business School uh, of Berkeley basically had these like emergency meetings where the entire faculty and students were like gathered around the forum and stuff like that. We're just like gripping our seats is like, are we not going to have a job after college? So that was kind of like the mentality going into it. And I would say, you know, I, it, I went through so many different interviews in order to finally land uh, a consulting position at Deloitte. So mm -hmm. that was kind of the beginnings of my of my journey. Mm. So after that job, did you directly go into working with Google or was it a bit after? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so there's one commonality, I think, uh, you know, that I that I was alluding to before, which was it's um, my entire journey is actually pretty, uh, you know, zigzaggy, I, I would say. So I would say after a year of consulting, I realized that being an advisor to companies was very different, it was lacking the kind of team experience I was looking for. It was lacking the, you know, working together towards a common goal or product launch or whatever it is. So for me, I was so curious about at that time I was like, okay, um, what about startups? Keep in mind, this was 2011 startups was not necessarily like as hot it is today right yeah. so uh you know the the mobile age and stuff like that was just kind of like picking up a full steam um i would say i made that first jump into a solar startup uh, a year after consulting and that was a really big leap and within six months i was laid off <laughs> uh, the industry completely tanked. You know, I thought I did my due diligence around like the management, the investors and everything. But uh, at the end of the day, I didn't do enough due diligence around the overall market. So that was a huge, huge lesson for me. However, the bigger lesson was actually the resilience that I got from the eight months between getting laid off and then finally landing my dream job at Google, during which I actually didn't stop. I, I remember the first like 15 minutes was actually... You know, my boss took me into a room and said, hey, Shang, I don't think this is going to work. And I need you to pack up your stuff and leave. So um, I got my stuff, got in a box, just like those movies, you know, and then I just like slow walked across the hallway, exited out, sat in my my parents' car, actually, because at the time I didn't have my own car. And I was just like, I just sat in there and I was just like, I just started like, just like, like chuckling. I was just like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> Did not expect that to happen, you know, one and a half years after college, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say the first couple of months were quite difficult as I was coming to terms with it, but I didn't stop either because I ended up doing a startup actually with one of my friends. This is where, this is where we basically had like try to get um, people to deliver things for you, like on Craigslist, when they're along the way on their commute. So this was before like TaskRabbit and Uber was a thing yet. 
Um, and I did that for about six months in parallel to applying for jobs. So while I was going through interviews, I was learning web design, learning how to create a pitch deck, um, you know, working with engineers. And I would say keeping yourself like continuous learning, even when when you have downtime, even when you're still job searching as like coming out of college is extremely important because regardless of what happens, you're still investing that time into yourself, right? And you never know when these skills are actually going to pay dividends. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to now. So after mm -hmm. everything that happened, you're now yeah. like the founder of Mind Map Nation. Yes. So what inspired you to get into mind mapping? Man, uh, my history with my mapping has been like, you know, 13, 14 years. It's it's something that's been so ingrained in me at this point. But I learned it back in college during consulting, actually. So oh. um, one of our Berkeley Consulting training days, they actually brought in, uh, I think, a bank consultant. And he actually, you know, taught us how to mind map. Um, and immediately within the first five minutes, I was going like, wow, this is an incredibly simple tool that can be used in extremely complex ways to actually parse apart complexity and chaos. So we started using it for, let's say, our consulting projects, right? Let's say there was a, um, a semester long type of consulting project or prompt. So then we would break that down into individual steps. These are literally breaking down the complexities of a larger project. And then we would actually execute on each of these parts so that eventually it'll make up a whole. So that's basically my introduction to mind mapping, but I've started using it in so many other ways, like creating businesses, um, mapping our emotions, right? Our inner workings, which is super complex as well. That's actually very interesting. Like mm -hmm. I just started using that too, like now. Um, so you're now a YouTuber and you were just saying before how you used to work mm -hmm. in like multiple other, like you went through a lot of jobs basically. Yes. So was it hard for you to leave like the corporate world and go into becoming a YouTuber? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting. If you asked me three years ago if uh, I would be a YouTuber, uh, I would have thought that you were crazy. Uh, that's 100% a thing. You know, it was that definitely not even in my purview of, of possibility. Um, however... I feel like, you know, in a lot of major decisions in life, it's it's actually quite random of sorts. You, are, you obviously make the final decision to make that leap, uh, especially full time. However, um, I would say when I, I actually started YouTubing during the pandemic, like literally the very first month of the pandemic, March 2020. And it was because um, if you remember, it was like, you know, COVID was like a brand, it was a novel uh disease essentially nobody knew what was going on all we knew was that governments were shutting borders down the entire economies were put on ice so there was a lot of panic uh and a lot of suffering honestly that came from anxiety that came from this uncertainty um and here i was sitting on a tool that has always helped me out with parsing out uncertainty complexity chaos so i felt um, you know, almost compelled to turn my photography camera around towards me and, um, you know, share basically this this tool that has helped me so much. And uh, long story short, a few of my videos actually really hit it off. Um, you know, people really started liking it, finding it super useful during the, these uncertain times, and uh, they became viral. So 
uh, it was ironic because I was taking a like a like a, a six or eight months sabbatical at the time from content creation to focus on my own personal development. And I started getting all these emails, uh, you know, every for every subscriber, every single day I had these like in my inbox full of new subscribers. So I was like, what's going on? So after eight months, I finally was like, OK, maybe I'm ready back to, to get back into into content. And I checked my my profile and it was like, you know, there was like a, a couple of thousand new subscribers. So like, oh, cool. This yeah. is uh, this might be uh, picking up uh, picking up steam. Maybe I should focus on it. So that's actually how it. Um, how I got back into it, but it was another year before I finally said, "Hey, you know, I feel like my full-time job uh, in tech was actually distracting me from what I truly wanted to do, which was create educational content." Um, were there any like personal challenges you had to overcome during that like switch? Oh man, yeah, it comes in waves. Honestly, you know, this is what I learned in um, in both. I would say my life. Perf- professional but especially in the in the creator journey because you can go you can go on for long stretches without any results and then suddenly these like random opportunities will just pop up materialize close and then you feel like you're on top of the world right so i would say even back in as as early as this year's march so march 2021 i um i actually was feeling like, you know, the results were not really meeting my expectations. My growth wasn't really happening as, as quickly. And I was really doubting whether or not um, I wanted to stay in the game or go back into corporate work for a venture capital firm. So I was actually talking to one of my friends about it. And he's like a very experienced investor, a serial entrepreneur. Um, so and he's known me for over 10 years. And he basically turned to me and said, you know, I, it's funny because I literally had mapped all this out, right? <laughs> Being a mind mapper, I had like the pros and cons of staying in versus going for uh, for VC. And he was like, you know, Shang, this is part of the creative journey. This is part of the creative journey, which is, um, you know, going through the highs and lows. You're not always going to experience that high. Plus, if you are feeling shaken from even this little amount of turbulence, it's not like you're going to be like, you know, running out of money tomorrow, and you're going to be ending up on the street. You're far from that, right? And um, basically, the he didn't say this explicitly, but I got this uh, this message that you know, Shane, if you can't take this little amount of turbulence, then you shouldn't actually be on this path in the first place. So that was a really good kind of wake up call for me, because it turned the question around to me, which is, should I really do I have what it takes to continue on? And if so, why am I doing it? It really centered, it really actually drove me back into why I was doing this. Um, because I, I, I basically realized that I was starting to get caught up in the quantifiable numbers from the beginning, even though I actually, you know, have the privilege and, you know, to, to essentially sustain myself for a, quite a bit longer. But then it was a psychological thing of like focusing on growth and stuff rather than my original mission of, let's say, actually helping people. Right. So I think um, reframing that for me was, OK, until I really hit like the red and stuff, if I'm just eating ramen every day, um, I still have quite a ways to go um, and I should keep in the game. Uh, and I would say, true, you know, true to this kind of whole theme of going ups and downs. A couple of months later, even just the next month, it completely shifted, like because I started, you know, executive coaching, those things started taking off. 
And in September, I got into the, the LinkedIn Creator Accelerator. Um, and, you know, more of these validations kept on happening every step of the way. So I'm at a point now where the momentum has gotten to a point where I'm not going to stop, right? This will continue on. But I would say getting to this point was anything less than a smooth ride or a certain um, a certain destination. Um, that's like, that was all amazing. And you mentioned a lot of things and I wouldn't say that, like it takes a lot of courage for like a person to realize that and change their whole path for themselves. So I had a little question. What do you think the most important hard and soft skills um, mm. you need to help you like get to where you are today? So other than like courage and yeah. Yeah, um, I would say hard skills wise, man, uh, you better learn how you, you better learn how to be a one stop shop in a lot of ways. Right. Because a, being a creator is it put together pretty much like everything I've learned in in startups. And I've I've done seven different roles across eight different companies. So there is a very there's a huge diversity in what I already do and already and, and plus I had to learn more. <laughs> right. So when I first um, started uh, YouTubing, it was like learning how to film, how to talk to a camera, how to begin like a script, even how to create thumbnails, create you know, catch your titles, editing. I edited my first 40 or 50 videos by myself. I now have an editor that I work with, but still, I still put in the final touches to everything that I do, right? Um, so I think um, a lot of it is, so that actually relates to the second part, which is more of a soft thing, which is you better love the journey. Mm -hmm. um, because not only will you have to learn a lot of new things, you know, I think a lot, at the end of the day, it's cultivating a love for learning because which is fundamentally different than sometimes what you learn in school right in mm -hmm. school unless if you're doing a lot of extracurriculars and stuff you're actually learning how to create to to get good grades it's a very different game right but once you graduate school you no longer are scored on a a, a, a rubric necessarily you're scored mm -hmm. on your performance your ability to adapt your resilience your mindset your you know your uh, agility to to, to change so in a lot of ways, you know, cultivating that love for learning is something that's going to carry you through school, through life, through, you know, your career, um, as well as into your into a creator journey also, because you're always going to be learning new things. Like when I launched my uh, MyNav Nation community, which is now 80 people, it grew from zero, right? And it took me three months to um, create that actually from a mind map, literally from an idea that I had mind mapping it out, going onto Notion, creating Kanban boards, and then, you know, one step at a time, one article at a time, um, creating that. And then immediately after I launched it, I had to take on a completely new different mindset, which was that of a community, um, uh, a community manager or leader versus a builder, right? So mm -hmm. over the last three months, it was transitioning from those roles. And I'm still learning in that. And then next year, when I launch a, a podcast, I have to learn how to create a, be an interviewer as well as a host. So this, you know, this passion for learning is, is a, a recurring theme, I would say. Mm. So just to uh, end this interview, do you mm -hmm. have any other like last minute advice you'd like to give uh, to young people like me regarding not only discovering our passions, but also doing what we love, as you said? Yeah. 
Well, I think um, a lot of it is sitting down and maybe giving ourselves more time for reflection, right? I feel like the the thing with our, I actually wrote this on, on Instagram the other day, which is hard work and ambition is common in today's world. What's rare and more difficult still is, um, I would say that resilience, um, right? Not just resilience, but also this um, presence and finding that stillness and intentionality of why you're actually doing things. So in a lot of ways, and this is actually why I carve out so much time to actually write to my map. Uh, journaling is actually a daily practice for me. Um, whenever I feel like I'm, you know, kind of wrapped up in so many different things, journaling, my mapping has always helped me untangle. Um, and Steve Jobs actually has a really good quote, which was about creativity. And he says that, you know, if you ask a creative person how they came up with ideas, they look kind of guilty because it just came to them. And to him, creative people either have more experiences or have thought deeply, more deeply than other people about their experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So in our hustle culture, we don't really emphasize the introspection component, the reflection component, but that's so key to anything that we do. Because unless we actually like stop and think about things, we don't actually allow the learning to actually percolate through us and make the best use of that. And we're kind of just going on a roller coaster of sorts on, on guardrails. But in order to get off the beaten path, you have to stop and be able to reflect on your experiences. So I would say carving out that stillness, even amidst all the chaos, is an extremely uh, useful skill. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you so much for all the advice you gave for our listeners. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome.